Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone watching in the YouTube universe. Thank you so much for tuning in to your AEW Rampage and SmackDown post show. It is April 22nd. The show brought to you by NordVPN, the best VPN service you can get out there. The absolute best. It's like, why would you even consider another VPN? Why would you not go to NordVPN.com and use the code Fightful to save so much money, Robert? So, so much. much. And you can use that extra money to subscribe to Fightful Select because let me tell you what, there's a lot of scoop skis from Sean coming in hot about, I mean, every wrestling promotion, but this weekend specifically about Impact, some great stuff that you're going to want to see on there. I am joined tonight, not by Sean Rossap. He's not here to be like, what's up, you guys? No, 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 no. I said, we need a show that's just like a little bit more dudish like we need we need a we need a dude energy tonight and so we called in dude felice robert d felice himself how you doing i'm doing great you know i always enjoy filling in for sean especially when i'm working with you we're gonna have some fun it's a rare friday night where you get me i apologize in advance for those that come here for sean but you got me and deal with it I don't apologize for you replacing that AEW jobber, all right? Or AEW jobber, GCW jobber. How dare I even promote him into the AEW universe? He got hit in the penis. He has an excuse. He did get hit in the penis. Unfortunately, not our sponsor tonight with Blue Chew, but (laughs) I am excited to dive in to our wonderful programming tonight with you, Robert. Um... Send in your super chats, would you, to get your question or statement read on air. Better yet, why don't you go over to humperchats.com and send in your question or statement that way? Because you know what? We get to keep a little bit more of the piece of the pie over here on the Fightful End. We get to have a little bit more of the money that you guys send in. It goes towards us when you use humperchats.com. And please leave a thumbs up on this video. It helps people find us in the algorithm. You have no idea how helpful that is. It's super, super helpful for helping other wonderful people 
find us. And you know what? We have incredible moderators to kick out the ones who are not wonderful. So we appreciate them. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're going to start with AEW Rampage because that's what everybody wants to talk about. Let's get real. People love talking about Rampage first. And we kick tonight off with Adam Cole versus Ishii for a contenders match for the Owen Hart tournament. I thought this was a really, really fun way to start Rampage. We're going to talk about the match first and then dive into the interference, the shenanigans that happened with this match. But I just really liked this match, Robert. I thought it was really fun to watch Adam Cole work such a different style. He's such a good heel in the way that he strategizes things. Very submission heavy tonight. And a lot of really, really fun spots with Ichi that I want to call out because there's no selling that makes your opponent look bad. And then there's no selling that looks awesome. And we got some amazing no sells tonight that didn't bother me at all. Ishii's shoulder blocks, some of the best you'll ever see. Just like a brick wall. I loved the stylistic adaptations from Cole. I thought they were great. That backdrop suplex from Ishii was ridiculous. I just thought this was a great match. Like they managed to have a really good back and forth, but still managed to make Ishii look like a brick house for an audience that might not totally be familiar with him. A lot of really great spots in this. There was an awesome super kick no sell that we got into a huge, huge forearm um, from Ishii. But I just thought this was this was really fun. There were no entrances down the ramp either. They were getting straight to business. I know the crowd was a little quiet. I had heard from people that were at the taping that they had also done some taping for the video game stuff yeah. that was going on. So yeah. it's a long enough night anyway when you consider you have Dark on the front of it. You have AEW Dynamite, which was pedals to the metal the whole way. And then this bonus of Rampage. It's a long night, so I'm not surprised they were gassed. But what did you think of this match? And I do know that some people also left prior to Rampage, <laughs> just to, you know, beat the traffic or whatever. And it's a school night, Robert. That's true, you know. But <laughs> Adam Cole, I always say it every time I'm on a show, I think he's the best wrestler going today. Ishii is exactly what he needs to be. He's no-selling. He's hard-hitting. He is strong style in a nutshell. I like it. I think their styles work very well together. It's a nice appetizer for what we will get on the 26th of June with Forbidden Door. And honestly, Ishii's got so many great opponents that he could have in AEW. This sets up the table for an eventual Miro match, an eventual Hobbs match. He's got so much to work with. And Adam Cole bouncing right back from losing to Hangman doesn't even look like he's missed a step. And I liked it, but I really liked what we got to with shenanigans and the interference absolutely we're going to go through a couple of your super chats and your humper chats at humperchats.com before we dive into that we've got ryan sullivan my mark order co-host saying dude 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 oh and hi kate i guess thanks ryan thank, thank you, you so much rude joey bag of donuts who was at the pittsburgh taping uh, says, you ever notice how much SRS looks like Baker Mayfield? Ever seen them in the same place at the same time? Makes you wonder. I have not put that together. I don't think Baker Mayfield would uh, job at GCW, though. Do you think Do you think Baker Mayfield would well, do that? Well, that's how he keeps the incognito lifestyle going. You know what? That's a, really, a GCW. really good point. We're going to talk about the shenanigans because they did 
play into the end of this match. We got a Jay White appearance. We had Orange Cassidy at ringside. I should have mentioned that a little bit earlier. Um, serving as a distraction here, we heard earlier on Wednesday that uh, there was going to be some Bullet Club versus this uh, kind of super elite situation that we have going on. And Jay White's appearance was enough to create a distraction in this match. Adam Cole with the low blow, getting the pin here. I like this. I don't normally like interference that directly correlates with the end of the match, but there's a lot of reasons why this was good. This is setting up exactly what we were told was going to be set up on Wednesday, right? Like that makes so much sense. And in this case, I feel like you need to be extremely protected because there's people that might not know who Ishii is. And if he's going to take a loss, you kind of want it to be a little bit dirty. Like he's such a presence and such a brick house of a man that like, I don't know, Adam Cole beating him clean wouldn't feel right to me when you have such like a, a legend of John Henry's hammer kind of and I think coming in. It's just better for the Cole character. You know, he doesn't need to win clean. He can't have heels if they don't cheat kind of thing. And he's the perfect bad guy because he is smaller and he is more of a chicken shit. So I think it works. And I don't know if we're really going to get Bullet Club and Undisputed Elite all happy, happy by the time we're at June 26th. But maybe we do. Maybe it's friendship first and then they fight. But I like this. I like the pairing of Jay White and Adam Cole. What do you think of a blood and guts situation between those two? Uh, you know what? I think Chicago is spoiled enough. That's what I think, Kate. I don't think they deserve that. I think they're spoiled enough, but that sounds mighty good. You got what do you got? Chris Bay, the good brothers. I think that sounds like a fun time to me. I wouldn't hate it. We got more of your wonderful super chats and humper chats coming in saying that. Tom LaValle saying, so happy to have Robert on the recap well, again. Thank we you. love having Robert on thank the recap. You. Here for Kate's bangs as well. Thank you. Uh, but after this week, I feel like Serpentico did on Thursday morning. Oh, no. Serpentico getting his butt kicked yeah. in this. We're going to get to that. But I'm sorry that that's uh, what happened with your week. I wouldn't wish what happened to him upon anybody. But we're so glad that you're spending your Friday night with us. We appreciate it. And we've got Graham B saying, Kbert? I don't know what our hybrid name is. Kbert is up there. Kebab. Kind of... we're, we're like a, we're like oh, a that's kebab. Right. A kebab. I can't believe I forgot already. Yeah. A kebab. I was going to say, Kbert kind of sounds like a monster. Summer's coming. You got to get your kebabs in. You know got to I mean? get your kebabs. <laughs> Absolutely. Shotgun29 saying, he spoke, he spoke, he spoke. The rest oh of Rampage God. was really good, too, I guess. Ishii, Garcia, Kingston, who boy. Uh, Archer kills and Jaden Marina delivered. We are going to talk about all of that. Thank you for our nice little outline. Some more chats coming in about Cole and Ishii. Valab, a 14-month member. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Fightful YouTube. Um, you are a Fightful main roster, sir. Adam Cole neutered the stone pitbull. Well, surprise. That I guess one. not everything was stone. What can we say? They... <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Surprised that wasn't a call in the match. Listen, maybe there's a spot on commentary for you, man. JR wasn't on commentary. I mean, if he was, I think he would have done it. Yes. And that might have be a yelling Chris Jericho's alley, but I have not missed him on. <laughs> AW Rampage on the commentary desk. 
We got Joseph Snark saying Ishii is a textbook example of punching above your weight class. He's 5'7", but hits like a super heavyweight. It is incredible how deceiving some of those guys are um, as far as their just like overall size. I remember when I went to the Atlantic City Dynamite, we saw we just happened to be at the same hotel as some of the talent and... I remember seeing Nyla Rose and she has such a presence about her and because she is larger than a lot of the other women in the division, it's very easy to buy in the beast thing. But I was like, oh, she's like my height and I'm, I'm five, seven and three quarters. So, um, it's funny, like comparatively, the only person that I think didn't catch me off guard at all was Lance Archer. I was like, yeah, no, you're exactly as tall and enormous as I thought you were. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, we got Ricardo the Bacchae saying Hook is going to kill Danhausen, and I'm here for it. Hook spoke, Robert. What did he you did. think? So I think the best takeaway here is Hook only cares about chips. Like, <laughs> And this wasn't even his go-to chips because we know he's like a Doritos guy. And this these were very clearly Lay's yellow bag potato chips just everywhere. And I guess... Hook is just here for the chip. He doesn't want any chips to go to waste. I get it. He was he's a Brooklyn kid, you know? These things matter in New York. You can't just be wasting chips. Yeah. This is the weirdest thing <laughs> that I think is going to get over because the characters are over. But bell to bell, what is this really going to be? I don't know, especially because Dan Housen was injured. I'm not convinced it's going to happen. I'm wondering if Tony Nese inserts himself into the picture here because I think Hook versus Tony Nese would be awesome. But I do, and I've said this before, so sorry if it's redundant to people who are regular viewers. I do think it's good the way that they have tested Hook in so many different pro wrestling environments. Like he's had opponents of different styles and sizes. He's had people who are serious as a heart attack on the mic and now he's getting this weird Danhausen thing. And for me, it's honestly really working. Like I have loved um because he's so cool and kind of meme over and Danhausen is so hysterical and weird um I don't know like it's one of those things in wrestling that I'm just like I buy it because why not like I'm not gonna overanalyze this I'm just gonna as crazy as this sounds enjoy what's in front of me because I just find it hilarious and I think it's so fun but I am intrigued like if this becomes an actual match what that's going to look like there's a short window with when you're meme over and hook and Dan Housen can get in that window quick, have a decent match. Hook has to win. Dan Housen doesn't really have to wrestle to make a living. So hook can win a quick match, but I don't think we see it until maybe like the buy-in for uh, double or nothing. That's not a bad call. I like that idea. I also think you know, with these guys who are kind of meme over, we've seen Tony D'Angelo, we've seen uh, Hook rise at the same time. The thing with Hook is he's real damn good. And that's actually true with Tony D'Angelo on NXT as well. Like, um, I think everybody was surprised when Hook was legit a badass in the ring. So I think the danger with being meme over or gif over is that like you are coasting on that popularity and then that flames out, right? I think Hook is really good. I think eventually, and I've said this before too, like I think eventually we're getting Ricky Starks versus Hook, which for the FTW title, which I think is going to be incredible because you're going to be able to have Taz super involved in that. And even like size-wise, stylistically, I think Hook and Starks 
are would put on an awesome, awesome match. So I'm intrigued to see where that goes. But you know what? You want to give me Dan Housen and Hook? Feel free to. It's going to be not? Hook defending the chips against Dan Housen defending, I don't know, the teeth? Like, is Ooh. this like a chips versus teeth thing? I don't know. I, I like it. I'm just I, glad they're having storylines with these characters because you can only have them be memes for so long. Very true. And I feel like Hook and Starks should be like a chips versus title match. Like if Ricky retains, he just gets to walk out of there with a bag of chips and Hook is forlorn. <laughs> I think it could be really fun. Surprise to no one. We have super chats about Hook. We've got Graham B saying, give me Hook as face of Lay's potato chips right now. I got to be honest, when I initially read the super chat, I thought it said, give me Lay's potato chips right now. And I can't argue with either of those I mean, things. Potato chips are great. I think all time snack potato chips. Are you pro Ridge or are you anti Ridge? I'm pro Ridge. I'm pro Ridge too. And I'm yes. not even a big dip person, which I have been told is the point of the ridges. But I just I'm I'm pro Ridge regardless of dips. Like I just really like the ridges. So ridges That's- are the way to go for me too. See, simpatico. I like it. <laughs> We've got Brian Ben chiming in saying Lay's abuse leads to breaking of hook silence. <laughs> You know what? You can talk about my dad. You can say whatever you want. But when it comes to my chips, I am not staying quiet. Dan Housen just became Carino to Hook's Taz for my ECW diehards. Have fun. Hashtag Team Kebab. Thank you. We appreciate you. you so much. You guys are awesome. We've got Joseph Snurk saying, Kabert is... Hubert's long lost cousin, so you might hit a copyright infringement suit if that's used. I'm not against it. You know what? I think we'll stick with kebab because we don't want to pay out of pocket. You know, we don't have sacks of human money rocking around like we Dan could if you go to humphreychats.com. And this is oh, why you need to go to humphreychats.com. Look at Robert making my hosting job even easier. Uh, Luis, our wonderful moderator, has just titled this next segment as. Uh, Snake Man dies a thousand deaths thanks to Lance Archer, which I don't know if there's a better way to sum up this match uh, with that. (laughs) Better than that. Um, Before this match can even get going, I loved this so much. I love Serpentico thinking like, you know what? I'm going to jump Lance Archer. I'm going to dive out of the ring and Lance Archer just swats him out of the air yeah. like he's a mosquito, which yeah. I think is fantastic. And he turns around thinking, like, his suicide dive wiped out Lance Archer. Um, also, note Lance Archer comes out with Jake the Snake. I don't know. I don't know. I'm guessing the Dan Lambert carryover stuff was to protect Jake's health is my only thinking. Yeah, um, and perhaps it, Lambert's easier to boo, maybe. If Jake gets on the mic with Hangman, people are going to cheer Jake. I actually think if they knew they were going to put him against Snake Man, he probably should have brought a snake with him. I don't know how easy that is to come about in 2022. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I would have done that. That makes a ton of sense. Um, this was like, you know what? We can't make Fuego Del Sol die again on Rampage. So what we're going to do is instead, uh, we're going to make Serpentico do it. He is hilarious on Twitter, by the way. If you haven't given him a follow, him and Luther are so great at fulfilling the role that they need to fulfill. 
I thought that Serpentico with the hook stuff was great with the streamers. That was a really, really fun touch. Um, but this was exactly what it should be. A mega, mega squash. Like, sometimes with Darby Allen, I say suicide dives aren't meant to be taken literally because it always looks like Darby Allen is trying to kill himself. Uh, Lance Archer, like, squash matches aren't always meant to be taken super literally either because he just smushed him like a pancake. But very fun, honestly. I felt like this was a segment that was good. You know, I just... He's going to lose to Wardlow, and I would really actually like to see Lance Archer get some wing, some some wings. I would like to see him get some wings. He deserves uh, them. Go to Wingstop. Wing it's stop. delicious. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, but I like a good squash because, hey, uh, Archer is just the best, like, 80s, early 90s wrestling villain, and he's going to go up against Wardlow, and he can actually give Wardlow a test for once. And I think we need that. I enjoyed the Chokeslam symphony for Snake Man, but he did his job. I want to see Archer win something. And that's not going to happen on Wednesday. I don't know when that happens, if ever again, but I do hope it happens soon. I do too. I feel like he has something that's special to AEW. And we've seen overall them bring in and develop more big guys, right? We've seen Will Hobbs come to rise. We now have Keith Lee. We have Samoa Joe back. Um, but Lance Archer does have a special like flavor, I feel like, in all of that. Like I do think he's a standout. I hope they give him something really special for this New Japan crossover. I'm a little attached to it because that's where I fell in love with Lance Archer was his work there. But like the stuff he can do off the top rope is absurd for a guy that's his size. And, like, he came back into the title picture and it still didn't fully feel important. Like, I'm hoping there's something that sets him on a winning streak. There's a couple of guys like that, right? I feel like Andrade is definitely at the top of that yeah. list. I think House of Black is winning but might need some more TV times. Things like that where it's just very hard. They have such a big roster. I think ROH is going to alleviate a lot of that. But um, I would like to see Lance Archer find some footing and stop being like the the huge dude that all the new champions face. Like he deserves a little bit more than that, in my opinion. Um, but a fun squash, nonetheless, what we get tonight. I love squashes too. I used to be like, eh, but stuff like this is fun, especially on a one-hour program. We've got Shot Kid 29 timing back in saying, I feel like Hook Danhausen is a clever way to test Hook's range and comedy as the straight man, a la early Steve Blackman or Al Snow interactions. That's an astute observation. Okay. <laughs> I <laughs> I think um like like I was saying in ring wise, I feel like we've seen him be able to work with Bear Bronson. We've seen him be you know what I mean? Like we got a lot of tests there. I think this is like another test of that. Like when you're developing someone, you want to put them in all of these situations. I think uh his point was exactly right. We got Josh Weaver chiming in saying, I too enjoy a good squash. Ted Gordy being my favorite. Well played. Um, but yeah, some some good stuff there. We move right along. Um, I think our moderator Luis, did you? Oh, we got did we get uh, a segment here? Or I think we're just maybe a little bit out of order. Might be out of order. But it's all good. 
Uh, I think what happened is I'm just so excited to talk about the Jericho Appreciation Society being kicked out of the building. You're not excited uh, about that. You're excited about Daniel Garcia's choice of hat. His That's, bucket hat was phenomenal. Looks amazing. I said on Twitter that I felt like cool Kyle could walk so that Daniel Garcia could run with the bucket hat. Really just like fantastic stuff. Uh, <laughs> Jericho Appreciation Society kicked out of the building. They're going to go talk to HR, which I just think is so funny when your workplace uh, involves just assaulting each other for a living. I love the acknowledgement of an HR department. Before we dive into this, we'll just get into some super chats about it. From Shocky29 saying, I don't know if a guy named Daddy Magic should be calling HR is all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't say he was going to call HR. He said Jericho is going to do it. He's just adding emphasis. Yes. I think Daddy Magic and what's the other, what's the other one? Uh, Daddy Magic and cool, uh, cool Hand Ange. Cool I think hand. they lucked into the best lackey gimmick for Jericho. They're hilarious. It works. I can't believe like a year ago they were scrubs on 205 Live. Like they are just having the time of their lives. It's so much fun to see this. And I also appreciated Daniel Garcia telling them like, hey, you don't have to worry about this. Relax. I'm a sports entertainer. Like, what a blast. What a blast that whole thing is. Uh, Matthew Plus chiming in, my arch nemesis, saying that I want Matt Menard's JAS intro to be my ringtone. It's it's hysterical. That like, was really good. I, I don't know if that's brand new, but I know I never heard it before tonight. I like the... Uh, the worldwide leader for like six weeks in sports entertainment. I thought very good. Good for them. The only thing that I've missed about Jericho being on commentary was his like sports entertainer of the week situation and him going, that's entertainment. And these past few, like they're just so funny, but let's talk about this match. Robert, this is going to shock you. Um, I loved this. <laughs> wow. I, you know, I, I wasn't know. expecting that. And I know I'm hot and cold on Eddie Kingston. No, Eddie Kingston's my second favorite wrestler next to CM Punk. I love him so much. He wore a Death Ray shirt out to the ring, which is a nod to Sarah Del Rey, um, which I, I just absolutely loved. But man, oh man, did we have a hard-hitting match. A lot of back and forth with this. I really like the story that got told here. I felt like Daniel Garcia was so methodical in his approach, going after Eddie's ribs, um, that overhook suplex that Eddie tried but just couldn't get up because of those ribs was such a great sell. I think his selling is so underrated as a part of his game. Um, I loved commentary on this, pointing out the damage to Eddie's ribs, like pointing out that Garcia had a game plan here I thought was so great. And early on in the match, we get a boot scrape from Eddie, which was a nice Otani tribute for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure you do by now, but Eddie Kingston is always, always, always pushing out Noah, All Japan, New Japan matches. So just fun to see that. Eddie eventually gets the wing with a spinning back fist here. I just thought this was an absolute blast. I, The irony being that it was a fantastic pro wrestling match with sports entertainer Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston. And the post-match of Eddie making Daniel Garcia look into the camera and saying all of this was meant for Jericho. because. He was just a stepping stone on the way to this rematch with Jericho. I thought this was gangbusters, really hard-hitting stuff. 
What did you think of this match? This is so good. Garcia is about as rock solid as you can get for a 23-year-old who Tony Khan's already said in an interview with Robbie Fox, like he's the next pillar of the company. Garcia's so good. And yeah, he would have been perfect with the VCC, but I think Jericho saw that and said, let's give you a little bit of color, a little bit of sports entertainment, because obviously you've got the belt to belt down. Kingston is so real that like I get why people like Kingston. I also get why there can't be too many Eddie Kingstons, because then you lose like the overall wrestling aspect. But Kingston is so authentic in his every move. And I think that him, you know, taking off his belt and saying he's going to whip Garcia and then saying, no, I'm going to save that for your boss. You let him know. And it's great. Kingston's finally getting some wins. Garcia looks phenomenal. This will probably go into the pay-per-view. I don't think it'll be Blood and Guts or Stadium Stampede, but it'll be something worth watching. And to your point with Garcia fitting more in with the Blackpool Combat Club, I think that's the story we're going to eventually get. I think you'll get a Jericho Appreciation Society, which I still pop it saying. I think it's just so damn funny. Um, facing the Blackpool Combat Club and them eventually poaching Daniel Garcia. I think it's going to be such a fun, what are you doing with them story. And I think there'll probably be a lot of really fun programming leading up to him of look, him just looking more and more and more ridiculous. Um, and by ridiculous, I, of course, mean amazing in things like his bucket hat and his cankle hat. Looking like Date Mike from The Office. What a blast. I thought it was so much fun. We've got a Humper Chat coming in from Mark Quill saying, Eddie Kingston, like any good partner, understands that Friday nights aren't good whipping hours. Plus, it was nice of him to win this match in honor of his best friend and partner, Kate Elizabeth Kayfabe. We are best friends. Um, not as close as CM Punk and I are because um, CM Punk and I did have two Twitter exchanges. Um, oh. and Eddie Kingston and I only had one, but I do. I just, because like you said, everything feels so real. Like it's almost problematic because it doesn't feel like he necessarily needs wins because everything feels so personal. Um, but he's so over that I'm excited that they are starting to give him some wins because I think everybody, I'm not the only person who wants to be at a Kingston's best friend and partner. I'll put it that way. We've got Paulo. He needs a belt by the end of the year because at the end of the day, you're wrestling to win championships. And yeah, his authenticity will carry him, but he needs to carry the belt because that's what wrestling is. And he's such an easy transitional champion with that too. Like he could turn around, have, I think people are going to want him to hold on to it because I think people love him. Um, But like, I remember friend of Fightful, Joe Holbert, booking this idea months ago of, and now it seems like it's happening, so good for him for manifesting it, because it's my favorite thing ever. CM Punk, Adam Page, CM Punk turns heel and costs Adam Page his title. Um, And Eddie Kingston at some point getting to come back and see, I told you this guy was an asshole from the beginning! And reigniting their feud, I think is such a fantastic, fantastic call. It's almost, and Alex has said it too. It, it feels like something that needs to happen. I don't know how soon it does, but Punk has to turn heel. And I think Kingston has to be the one to shut his mouth. And I think if I'm fantasy booking, the place to do it 
is Arthur Ashe in Queens, New York. Oh, my God. That's Kingston's backyard. <laughs> very, very, very good call. We've got some more Super Chats and Humper Chats coming in. Volop saying Garcia rocking his LL Cool J look. We did. We got two different fits, I feel like, tonight from him. We had him entering the building in his bucket hat, which was delightful, and then a kangle on the way to the ring, which that just cracked me up. Speaking of things that cracked me up, Robert. Swerve and Keith Lee and then <laughs> Ricky Starks and Hobbs exchanging words. There were two things that cracked me up. Um, I can't remember what it was that Keith Lee said specifically, but Swerve saying, is that one of those big words you talked taught me last week? Because Keith Lee has obviously gotten all this online traction for the Keith Lee looks like the kind of guy who tweets and him saying indubitably all the time. Um, I loved Swerve calling that out. I thought that was super funny. And then, of course, Ricky Starks <laughs> calling them a broke-ass Keenan and Kel. I enjoy Kel's it. I loved it. Um, Ricky Starks, I felt like, was a huge steal from the NWA. And because of injury and some storyline stuff, like, you never... Not that he didn't get going, because he's always put on good matches, and he's had some screen time. But I feel like people are starting to really connect to how special he is. He is like my, I think, breakout star of 2022. I think by the end of this year, a lot of people are going to have Ricky Stark's name in his mouth. I thought this promo was just absolutely hysterical. I loved it. So much fun. But we're going to keep moving I would on. I would make the argument, though, that Garcia, not Garcia, Starks is better for the JAS than Garcia because... Sarks is more of a sports entertainer, but I'm sure that will manifest itself somewhere in a match down the line. And I think, I think everybody knows that it's a misfit with Garcia. There. Yeah. Like there's no way that's not coming into play in some sort of stable unstable feud. It could come into play in ring of honor for all we know. It could be like sports entertainer Daniel Garcia fighting for the pure title against Wheeler Yuta. Like there's so many possibilities that could be really fun. I think it's it's way too calculated and intentional and Jericho is way too smart-minded in this business for that not to be a specific way to drop him off somewhere else, but have him get over in this really fantastic way. Um, so next we move on to the Brit and Tony and Jamie interview. I kind of had mixed feelings about this. Um, I didn't love Tony saying that, like, other than being AEW Women's Champion, what have you done? Um, a, because as we've talked about at length, and I won't get on a tangent here, I felt like the women's division is very weak, so calling attention to that is not the greatest. And other than being AEW Women's Champion, I'm like, there's only been, like, four, right? Maybe five? Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> like, that's a pretty big deal. And she had a lengthy run, and it was probably one of the most productive women's and, championships And, like, CM Punk run. and MJF built their rivalry around saying, LOL, Her... Baker is better than you. Like, it's yeah. it wasn't a strong take, but I'm also not a fan of, hey, we know our women's booking sucks. Let's just steer into the skin. I'm not... I think that's the wrong way to go here. That's a very good point because if people like me are going to whine about it constantly, it is probably good that you acknowledge that. I did like Tony saying kind of like this, don't you know who I am thing? Because before her NXT day, she was a huge deal in stardom. Like, I don't know if people know 
how extensive Tony Storm's career has run between stardom, NXT UK, NXT, and now showing up in AEW. And let's not forget, she peaced out on the main roster of WWE by her own call. So it's not like she doesn't have a lot of star power, and I liked her bringing that up and then walking away when Jamie Hayter said she just walks away. That's her thing. That absolutely cracked me up. So not a ton for me to dig into other than that. Uh, did you have any thoughts on this? This is fine. Like, I know a lot of people were really critical of what Britt said on Wednesday because I, I think the idea is that maybe they're diving a little too much into LOL, Tony Storm just leaves because she did the same thing with Ruby where it was just like, yeah, you know, you were a nobody on the other show. I think there's too much of tearing people down when they need to start building their opponents so that the division itself looks credible. But when they get in the ring, it's going to be a good one. So I think that'll take care of most of it. Yeah, I agree with you. We've got Matthew Plus chiming back in saying Jamie calling attention to Tony repeatedly leaving. Yes. Um, I think that was like a bit of a double entendre too because she also does just walk out of promos <laughs> so it was kind of like i thought that was kind of a fun play especially because it was just kind of like an under her breath line um so i didn't mind it but uh you are i know it's hard to believe but people are allowed to disagree with each other about wrestling it doesn't make them bad people which is kind of odd uh <laughs> So we get this uh, quick, quick promo. I felt like it actually could have been a little bit longer, to be honest, but from FTR. Um, and it was great. It was simple. This is going to be so much fun because it's the Owen Hart qualifier and they have pitted tag team brothers against each other and Dax and Cash Wheeler, which is not only going to be a fantastic match, but my goodness, I think we're going to see a lot of Brett and Owen uh, yeah. callbacks that are going to probably make me cry. I think I cry about wrestling more than most things in my life. But we got Jared T chiming in immediately with a humper chat saying, how dope would it be for Bret Hart to come out and hug Dax and Cash after the Owen qualifier like he hugged Owen and Davey to reform the Hart Foundation in 97? I think there may be a lot of callbacks with the Dax and Cash match. There are unconfirmed uh, reports going around uh, that Bret Hart might have signed an incredibly lucrative deal with WWE uh, and won't be appearing on AEW programming, which makes sense. And honestly, good on WWE for paying him money after the end of his career, I think. And good on Bret. Get good your money. Brett. Like, I'm never going to argue against anyone getting their money. I do think that a rewatch of Bret and Owen may be necessary before this match just to see how much they pull from Brett Noah. And I do think the match will end with someone countering a victory roll into a pinfall and like how Owen beat Brett. I do think Dax is going to win too, because Dax seems to be the one who's done a little bit more on the single side, but either way, this should be a great match. Yeah. And I think um, he is and nothing to take away from Cash Wheeler. I think Dax has just, out of the two of them, been kind of the standout a little bit more, which, again, not nothing missing from Cash Wheeler. There just always tends to be one that more gra people gravitate towards. It's funny. I think in the Hardy Boys, more people gravitated toward Jeff, but then, like, as time went on, a lot of people started to appreciate Matt Hardy more, so yeah. it's just kind of funny. But, like, I think the unit of FTR is where the money is, but I agree with you. I think we're going to see... Dax 
moving on in this uh we got a super chat coming in from bam bunch of numbers uh, <laughs> saying why are people turning on brett now oh god are people really uh, doing oh because that? Are they because, turning on brett? of course they are because you know nobody wants to see people get money they just want to see people where they want to see them uh you know whatever like guys people are assholes it's all billionaires with television programs. Relax. I get being disappointed, but some of these Twitter takes, it would have been awesome for him to be with FTR. It would, and he's going to be on the indies. So instead of supporting TV programs, support your favorite wrestlers. There's going to be a really, really fun um, kind of dynasty versus dynasty match that I know um, Brian Pillman Jr. is involved in. Like an Brian Pillman promo- and Brock Anderson. I don't know why. Come on. That's such a random hodgepodge team, but I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, with we'll uh, Arn Anderson, with uh, Brett and FDR. Man, it's the Indies. We've got a couple of other <laughs> super chats and humper chats coming in. Matthew Plus, my arch nemesis, saying, I do wish Katie would make like Tony and leave too. Well, here's the thing, buddy. I'm hosting tonight, so Robert's not going to block me. I can block yeah. people in the chat. I'm running the ship, pal. We have. And the thing is, I could, but then that would create more work for me. And I'm a work smarter, not harder kind of guy. Smart man. Smart man. We got Josh Weaver chiming in saying, Matthew Plus, I hope both sides of your pillow are always warm. Oh, sick burn. I hope both sides of your pillow are always warm, Matthew Plus. Thank you, Josh Weaver. Really lame. Oh, it's fantastic. I hope. That when you go to put toothpaste on your toothbrush, that somebody didn't squeeze from the bottom and it's really hard to get up onto your toothbrush when there's not enough left. The worst people. That's the kind of inconvenience I wish upon you, Matthew Plus. We got Tom Valley chiming in saying, Tony beats Jamie. Jamie interferes in the next round, but Tony wins anyways. Let this rivalry build to full gear. That could be fun. Um a little worried about where Mercedes Martinez is. Um, I She's feel the Ring like... of Honor Women's Champion. I think they'll probably keep her safely tucked away there. All right. I just feel like they really pushed that angle with Rosa off of a cliff. But what are you going to do? Sometimes you got to move on. And speaking of moving on, we're going to move on to Jade and Marina Shafir. We had their promo before this match. And my only gripe with this was Mark Henry said, looks like there's been enough talk and Marina Shafir didn't say anything. But yeah, he I... does that sometimes. I don't know if, sometimes I wonder if they're just playing the same clip where they're just like, all right, insert the clip of Henry saying, it looks like there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event. He because... just changed their shirts 700 times and they've done that. That would actually yeah. be a really great call. <laughs> like, like sometimes, because Orange Cassidy never says anything and he just cuts them off. You know, Marina Shafir didn't say anything here. Granted, She's not a talker. Jade is. And Jade is money. I look at Jade Cargill and I'm just, that's a star and a half. And they really just fell into a gold mine with her. They did. I'm sure when her contract is up, WWE is going to be eyeing her heavily. I'm curious as to see where she goes, but we found out where she went here. We've got some Humper Chats coming in. One from Joey Bag of Donuts saying Marina Shafir has possibly the worst entrance song of all time. Luis rebuttaling with House of Torture. Uh, fair. Fair. I. It's a little weird. The classical thing is a crowd killer, especially to a crowd that is on 
minute, like four hours and 45 minutes into a wrestling show. That is rough. That is a rough. Yeah. Um, Bam asking where you can watch that FTR indie match with Brett. I don't remember the promotion that's putting it on. I think it's big time wrestling. They typically run their stuff on Facebook or look around. I'm sure weekend of it'll be everywhere. Yeah, I would check for fight and IWTV. Um, but yeah, it's that was very, very big news. So I'm sure that information will be out there. And for booking Bret Hart, that's probably not like a situation that you're not going to have stream ready. Um, but we have Mr. Black Soul chiming in via Humper Chat. Thanks for Humper Chatting us. It always helps when we get to keep a little bit more of the money. Uh, we have... Him saying that Jade and Marina had a great title match. I felt that pump kick all the way on the West Coast. Yeah. Grimpy also saying pump kick out of G-damn nowhere. Five humping emojis. I love it. Matthew S., the better Matthew, if you ask me, saying Tony's booking is so good that announcing the balloons made me think, oh, maybe Marina is winning and the balloons were a swerve. Love AEW right now. Well, I disagree on some of the women's stuff, that's for sure, but... Um, we did get to see a little bit longer of a match, which I think was needed for Jade. That pump kick is nasty in part because of her size. And it's just such a simple, impactful move. I think that gets lost in wrestling sometimes. Like I think cravats are the nastiest looking thing in the world. And it's not like technical or complicated at all. It just looks like it inflicts a bunch of pain. That's one thing I love about Eddie and Garcia we saw it a lot earlier in the night that it looks like they're trying to hurt their opponent and win the match. I appreciate things like that. Pump kicks fall into that category. I'm going to throw it over to you, Robert Felice. What did you think of this match? This match was, so it's as good as you can get from two women that aren't that experienced. Cause even though Marina's got more experience than Jade, she was still always in NXT cause she was still learning. Um, nasty nasty heel hooks which i said to my buddy that we were watching it i said you know if this wasn't a tape show i would actually be a little concerned that maybe the title was switching hands but very fun match for these two i love the baddie section i think it's given kira something to do it's given uh, red velvet something to do now that brandy's not around i do wish that there was the slightest like, hey, you're great. Come sit in the baddie section. But I can live with that because as Righteous Reg said on Twitter, look at Jade. How can you not want to be around her? I get it. I can understand that as the answer completely. Um, they're wasting a lot of popcorn, Kate. A lot of popcorn <laughs> just all over the floor. And I'm, that just that rubs me the wrong way. But other than that, fun match. Fun Outcome was never in doubt. So it's sort of just like... You're waiting for the three count. And it eventually came with the jaded. And the balloons drop and the money flies. Jade Cargill is 30 and 0. I don't know who beats her. And that's okay. Um, I don't know if that person is in the company yet. To be honest. I don't think she is. I, I'm hoping it's Athena. I feel like that makes the most sense. Uh, the former Ember Moon. If it's somebody in the company, it might be Chris Statlander. They they seem to really be investing in her a lot. Mark Losper chiming in with a snarky one saying, is Jade a star and a half or are you talking about her matches? I didn't watch tonight. I'm sure she was fine. Um, Yeah, she's yes. not like, yes. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, 
wrestling appeals to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. I'm an in-ring gal. I like in-ring storytelling and I like in-ring ability quite a bit. Um, and fire promos, of course. Um, Jade is not there yet, and it makes no sense. She shouldn't be there yet, as far she's as she's had in-ring. like she's probably had 30 matches, literally. Yeah. You know, like I think her me. title reign and a couple of other ones is all that she's done on on television. She has tremendous upside. Otherwise, it's not my favorite stuff about wrestling. It's a lot of people's favorite stuff about wrestling. There's nobody in the world that looks like that woman. Not a single nobody. person in the world. She has incredible charisma, incredible presence. Those aren't the things that matter the most to me. I was watching ROH. I was one of the six people that was watching ROH up until <laughs> it shut down because I like that's the feel that I like. There's a lot of different things I like about wrestling. Um, but like her upside from a wrestling perspective is undeniable in what type of a star she could be. It's just not my favorite things, which is totally okay. That doesn't mean she's less valuable in, in the wrestling industry at all. It just means like where I stand, it's not my favorite stuff. What do and you I think, think when she gets the opponent that brings out the qualities that make her shine, we're going to see something that we don't usually see in wrestling, which will be a great back and forth because let's be real. Hogan matches weren't great, you know, and he drew a lot of money. Rock matches weren't great. And Rock drew a, a lot, lot of money. Weren't. You know, and Jade Cargo reminds me of Rock Rock. drew the most money, not even in wrestling in Hollywood. Yeah, he's drawing the most money currently ever. Yeah, so and I think Jade is the Rock in a lot of ways. I think that's you know what, there's worse situations to be compared to. True, I'm an Austin Gale, right? Like, it's totally fine. That's what's awesome about wrestling, it's one of the most unique art forms there can be. We've got Zero Fear 94 saying, sorry, but Marina's theme song is perfect. Uh, it's polarizing. It's it's not for me, but I can understand where people have like, where where people could latch on to that. Uh, we've got a super chat from BL Dog or Bye Dog? Uh, Either one. Bye Dog. What uh, up, Dog? Uh, saying that Jada's gotten so damn good so fast. She will be a hell of a a hell of a face when she gives Smart Mark the boot and also Marina to the BCC, please. Uh, I am in the camp that that should be Serena Deeb. Some people are in the camp that that should be legit Layla when she comes back from I, injury, I but Deeb I don't hate that. Deeb's probably a good fit for the BCC. Look, I think Marina needs to be with the three guys that were in her wedding party. Marina <laughs> needs to be with the Undisputed Elite. Like, uh, you can't have Roddy. You got the next best thing, you know? There you go. I don't She's got I, a home there. I think you're right. I think you're right about that. Um, we have a couple of more super chats before we switch over to SmackDown. Um, we have some more back and forth coming in. We have Mark Quill saying, Guess what, Matthew? Plus, I hope you wake up and you immediately step on a Lego brick that oh. may or may not have been strategically pa- placed there by the Council of Marks, mm-hmm. of which Mark is a founder. Thank you for coming to my defense, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Uh, Van Twinblade chiming in saying, Dan Housen's first match is this Sunday at Glory Pro. I guess he means, I'm assuming, returning back from injury. Yeah, from injury. Okay, okay. that's good. That's Glad great. Healthy. You guys can watch it on YouTube at 5 o'clock Central. Dan the Dad and Dan Housen <laughs> versus 
Mad Magic. And Dan Davy Vega. That should be great. That's fantastic. Dadhausen. Dadhausen. That's what that's gonna be. Dennis Dirty Work sending in a Humper Chat, which you can do at humperchats.com, saying, Are we hazing over the fact that Hook said words? I feel like my birthday has been blessed. Happy birthday, sir. All right, real question. Really, how long do you think this lasts for Hook? What is the window here with, like, oh my God, he did anything? We're all going <laughs> to lose our minds. I think it's coming up. I think it's coming up. And I think yeah. you want Starks to move on from Team Taz. So I think you got to have that be a story that gets told maybe like right after the pay-per-view, I feel like might be a good window for that. Um, Cause I'm loving like the Hobbs and Starks versus Swerve and uh, Keith Lee stuff. Uh, we got Volop chiming in saying Anna J did bring out the best in Jade, still her best defense. Uh, that was a good one. That was a good one. I thought Ruby was a pretty good defense too. She just is new with this, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I think she's training with Brian Danielson, I read. You're not yeah. going to find a better trainer than that. She's definitely going to get there. She's working her ass off, and she's getting better better and better every time. So she will definitely get there. I have no doubt about that. Todd Allen Star chiming in saying, also, I have no interest in the Forbidden Door since there will be no women's matches. This company All right, so... This is a conversation I had with other people, but I want to get your take on it because obviously there will be no women's matches because New Japan is an all-men's promotion. Now, do you think we get stardom involvement on their own show, like a Forbidden Door 2, but this time it's the women? Or do you think we just get the women and stardom involved by June 26th? I don't think there's going to be their own show. I think maybe you reboot the tournament that was put on, that was like headed up by Sheeta, maybe, and then you have a conclusion of that there. But that's a lot of tournaments on top of the Owen. I won't judge them yet because they haven't released a card yet. If there's absolutely no women involved, that is going to continue to be an issue uh, for me and a lot of other women's wrestling fans out there. Um, I also don't think like one match on the pre-show of it is going to be fair. I think, you know, there's so much Joshi wrestling and in stardom, there are factions. It would make sense to have at least like a six woman tag or something. You, I think, can't keep denying your biggest blind spot on your biggest announcement. That's a crossover thing. Like that's just not going to work. I also think there's opportunity because let's not forget, like, ROH and New Japan work together, too. Mm -hmm. You could do a stardom and the women of ROH as a coming out party thing for them or something. So I'm not going to judge it until the card gets announced. And then when they announce the card and there's no women on it, I will inevitably lose my mind and kick and scream about it. And you will watch me pass out on a Twitter clip at some point. I, I don't expect women's matches. I'll say that. So I've already kind of eased Resigned. into the idea that it's just not going to be there. But you do have the other ideas of like impact is working with new Japan and working with ring of honor. Like there's other ways to do it, but they've made it clear. This is an AEW cross new Japan show. I don't expect the women. Robert, they had a working relationship with impact for a year. I and know, they have the strongest the women's division. And Jordan Grace and Diana didn't appear on my screen. I, I know. I don't know. 
I don't have a. Uh, oh, and Louise chiming in saying that there's a stardom show the day of the Forbidden Door, so that he hopes. Yeah, that's not happening. So there you go. We're not getting any women's matches. It's lame. It's, but it's not what this show is building towards. So I've already made peace with that in my mind. Good for you. I have not. I. I understand why. So mad. <laughs> Uh, Graham B saying Hookamania ends with him in a Marvel movie. That cracks me up and I love that. Got some more super chats. Um, Michael Stapp saying Mia Yim was known as the HBIC in WWE and her entrance was called number one. Doubt she owns it though. Just saying that's an interesting point. I, I think we could see a Mia Yim resurgence. Nixon also still out there. Athena also still out there. Lots of possibilities on that free agent market. Mark I Lawson. think they're all going to go to Impact, honestly, because Impact's got the best women's division. I, I, I do think they should go elsewhere, but Impact has the strongest opportunities for them. Open up the damn checkbook, Tony. Mark Lossmer saying, you think Jade is doing great for her experience level and think that she has a massive upside while also wanting the belt held by a better worker. That is what I would prefer. I it makes what they did with Jade makes plenty of wrestling sense. So even though as a matter of taste, it's not my favorite thing, it's fundamentally sound in, in wrestling. And part of that is just her size. Like it's believable that she would squash people. Right. Like she's a lot of kids favorite wrestler. Like there's that's indisputable. So her having gold makes sense. Um, we got shot kid 29 saying that for as for as better as AEW needs to do by the women's division, rightfully so, a lack of stardom women at the Forbidden Door. I put more Bushi Road and New Japan. Um, I, I think it's a shared mindset in this case between both promotions. But honestly, it is a different promotion because Bushi Road hasn't even put any stardom matches on main cards of New Japan shows. So it's it's gonna take a while. They but I did, do think we get there. Uh there were Joshi matches at Wrestle Kingdom though, which was pretty cool. They were dark, weren't they? No, they were on the they were on the card of night That's one. Good. Yeah. So I mean, to me, like people have just been shouting in Tony Khan's face about it. If he's gonna ignore it there, it's just gonna continue. <laughs> like that if the, the longer they continue to not make changes about it, the more people are just gonna yell and yell and yell. Um, it's to be honest, it's exhausting and I'm sick of it. Like, I'm so tired of people trying to justify things or tell me how to advocate about stuff. Like, I'm so tired. I just wish changes would be made. Uh, if Maria Canellis comes in to help with ROH and hopefully AEW, I think that would help tremendously. But I've said my piece, I have given solutions. I I don't know what else like I can do other than keep beating the same drum. Um but it's if they're gonna just completely ignore it, like what are we supposed to do? Uh, Grant B saying Marina Shafir versus Serena D, but world explodes. Luis wants that under pure rules. Holy cow, that would be really fun. I would like to see pure rules make its way over into AEW programming in a lot of ways. I think that could be very, very fun. Yeah, I think eventually you're going to see that, and I think eventually you're going to see it when Jonathan Gresham fights. Danielson, I don't think they're having a straight-up match. I think they're having a pure rules wrestling match. I think so, too. And I think maybe even 
if we get Gresham versus Punk, I think that could be under pure rules too, just for fun. Even though Punk is not like a pure wrestler, that like best in the world thing is. So I think that could be really fun. Steven W saying, does Statlander represent New Japan as a member of Chaos? That's a fun idea. I love that idea. That could be really fun. Shotkit29 saying, so a queen and a boat walk into a bar. Oh, sorry, wrong review show. LOL. We're getting there. SGS. You can also catch Alex and realistically probably me uh, on Sour Graphs. After this, if you're a Fightful Select member, he is in the middle of moving. So be very, very nice to him because he's sour enough. And now he has a move on top of that. <sighs> Robert, it's time to switch into SmackDown. You know, sometimes knowing I have to watch SmackDown makes me want to just disappear completely. Does it? it is does. that what it does? it does? I know how you could do that with your internet identity, Robert. Do you? I do. I what? really do. And if I can find the ad, Sean Rossap can tell you about it even better than I can. I'm on the road right now, but I'm not missing any of my favorite shows that are region blocked or out of my area, so to speak, because I've got NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Now, you can also use that code Fightful. Avoid price discrimination on flights. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Avoid missing your shows because they're region blocked and get 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. NordVPN.com slash Fightful has made things so much easier for me as I get back into traveling and start to remember that certain things aren't available to watch when I travel or even when I'm home because they're region blocked. I'm able to find pay-per-views that are much cheaper thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It's an investment in yourself, and how can you pass up that deal? 70% off plus one additional month free. NordVPN.com slash Fightful, or use that code Fightful. Oh my gosh, you know what you can do when you get 70% off? You can use that money on Fightful Select, of course. You sure can for just $5 a month for the most breaking news in pro wrestling. You can also use it towards Super Chats or Humper Chats. Even though nobody wants to talk about SmackDown, um, you could send in Super Chats and Humper Chats about anything, about yeah. how you think Robert looks cool with a backwards hat, about what this knot of hair growing out of my head is. So there's plenty of things we could talk about outside of that. About Robert's cool-ass background that rules. Yeah. We love yeah, the pretty cool good. background. It's dope. But we are going to dive into SmackDown. And we are going to dive into SmackDown with a contract signing segment. I actually, overall, tonight, while I was watching it, felt like this wasn't the worst. And then when I looked back at my notes, I was like, did I really feel that way? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I will say 
there was some refreshing stuff tonight and I felt like I am not interested in this Ronda Charlotte situation at all at all at all but I feel like this promo was a little bit shorter and sweeter than we've seen which I think is important I thought Drew Gulak preparing a PowerPoint presentation for this uh to explain what an I quit match is was good I kind of popped for Ronda putting him in an arm bar and signing the contract which was great but a typical contract signing where you flip a table, but this one had a kendo stick underneath Robert. And yeah. they have a history with kendo sticks. While that is the cheesiest thing in the world to have a kendo stick under a flipped over table, I appreciated that they at least acknowledged history that happens on their own show. It's something they should do all the time, but they never do. This was fine. I feel like... Um, it was perfectly harmless. It didn't feel like exciting starting off the show things, but I'm also just kind of disinterested in this angle in general. And contract signings are usually boring. Um, what did you think of this starting off the show? And what are your thoughts on Drew Gulak's involvement in all this? Uh, Gulak can turn chicken shit into chicken salad. God bless him. You know, he's just working with whatever he's got. The PowerPoint's fun. I don't know how many people actually remember that now because that's going back, what? five, six years, but PowerPoint's a good time. The kendo stick is fine. I wish this was Charlotte Flair of like 2018 and Ronda Rousey when she first came in, going in there to absolutely murder each other. Charlotte and Ronda have missed for me just about every single time they've gotten on a microphone. So I'm not super thrilled, but I do like I quit matches. And as long as they stay away from, you know, lame oh, I played a recording of Rhonda saying she quit, finishes. I think the match itself will be fine. But this, all the promos for me have been largely a miss. Um, I think that you're right. Like the in-ring stuff, both in Saudi Arabia and at WrestleMania has been pretty good otherwise. Um, and I just think that like getting there has been brutal on both sides. So I'm one second. Um, guys, we gotta like chill out a little bit in the chat about things, please. Um, but you can talk about some of that stuff at Sour Graps. We're gonna talk about wrestling. We're not getting into political views of what anybody has said at all, probably ever. <laughs> We don't really have any super chats and humper chat. Oh, I'm sorry. We do have one super chat about this saying, if I had a nickel for every time I've heard Kate say, I'm not interested in this Rhonda and Charlotte thing at all. I'd be a rich man. And I want to be paid to not care about this feud as well. Me too. I'd like to be paid to not care about this feud. Um, you know what? I'm honored to be paid to not care about this feud. It, it means a lot, but I will say this. I just wish. You know, at Elimination Chamber, they made this a tag match. I feel like they could have done something where they involved other people in this. Because, like, the build getting to Mania seemed to take forever. You have backlash. Like, give me a device other than um, that Charlotte was fixing her bra. My God, how many times do we have to hear that? I would have a nickel if that was the case. Um, but, but yeah, I, I just think it's been a, a boring way to get there. We got Mark Quill chiming in via Humper Chat saying Robert's backward hat, Daniel Garcia's Kangle hat, Fridays are for cool headwear. Yeah, You're not they wrong. are. 
They are. That's what Fridays are for. But honestly, this this rivalry for me, it's like you took something that should have been paid by numbers easy and you have overcomplicated it. All anybody would have wanted is Charlotte's the best, Rhonda's the best, have them fight. And I know a lot of people don't even want that at this point, but you made it so weird and there so was, overcomplicated. There was an organic story there of being the most dominant women in their respective sport. I don't know why they just like ignored it. I know they try to ignore everything that happens in WWE, but because they rather had said, I, I'm supposed to be fighting Becky, but I'm going to fight you just to piss her off. And that's the story they wanted to tell. Yeah, that is a weak story to tell is the only problem with that. <sighs> so that's about it for the segment, I feel like. I'm good with that. All right. Well, we get a butch recap. I think that's why I was just making sure we were really done because... I didn't really want to head into this butch recap, save the slide over the merch table to knock out the new day, which was a pretty all right circulating clip. I just don't know, man. I think Pete Dunne is one of the best wrestlers in the world. The good news is he's still working like Pete Dunne, as dumb as this character is. Great match, I thought, back and forth. Like, in-ring-wise, is never usually the issue on SmackDown, especially when you have someone like Xavier Woods and Butch pete butch done in the ring uh this eventually ends with woods hitting a ddt into the backwoods which is a fantastic name for an otherwise very boring finisher um what did you think of the match before we get into Butch? the match is great crowd butch is great i like butch i like that he's slightly changed it up from pete dunn he's more aggressive uh mcafee called him uh, a rabid something that I didn't think I'd ever hear on WWE television last week. Today, he switched it up to a rabid wildebeest. Why? A wise call. (laughs) (laughs) But Butch is great. I think, you know, it's working as much as it can. Of course, they might just get bored with it and leave him to languish on main event. But we just, we never know with these things. But right now, I'm liking it. The Backwoods is fun. That's a fun name for a move. And thumbs up for me as far as the match. The the butch stuff is hit or miss. It's miss, in my opinion. It's all miss. I have not (laughs) liked it. Here's the thing. I like the trio of dudes. And I even like the attitudes. I just feel like if it was less cartoonish and he wasn't named Butch, I would like it more. I like him being a little bit of a scrappy dude. But him walking around like Mighty Mouse doesn't work for me. I like the mix of styles and sizes of guys that they have in that, though. So it's just if they pulled back how cheesy it was a little bit, I think I would like it more. But you know what? I also am loving Danhausen and Hook. So who's to say? Who's to say? It's just a matter of different strokes. Absolutely. So we move on. For some reason, Aaliyah is interviewing Ricochet. I thought she was just sort of like fangirling over him. Yeah. Yeah. This was so weird. He's like talking about his title reign as if it's Kayla Braxton, but it's Aaliyah who we haven't seen in quite a while. Um, And then Shanky and Jinder Mahal come out and are like, well, if you're such a fighting champion, why won't you fight Shanky for your title? And Ricochet is like, all right, that's fine. 
Does anybody think Shanky is going to dethrone Ricochet? Are you suggesting that Shanky wouldn't be a good Intercontinental Champion? As of right now, yes, that's exactly what I'm suggesting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I get it. At least they're doing something with the belt. It's so weird that, like, the IC title, and it's almost cliche at this point to go, Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and Randy Savage. It's weird that they don't do anything with this belt for so long. They don't care. It's very odd to me. Especially with a belt that does have a really strong lineage that Ricochet was referring to in the promo. Like you were saying, like, um, they just don't care about their mid-card belts. They didn't care about the Raw title either, though. So I guess I shouldn't yeah. be surprised. But it is, of course, good to see Ricochet being pushed. Um, I just this feels very much like a backlash pre-show match, maybe? I don't know. I don't even think they make it to that. I don't think it gets on any pay-per-view until the literal storyline is we finally got on a pay-per-view, which is terrible. That's that's about it, man. <laughs> Moving on from that glory, uh, we get <laughs> a video package of Zia Lee, who is back. Uh, she was Where heavily... Was she? She was just gone for a few weeks. There was no, nothing reported. I also don't know where like Shotzi Blackheart is. I don't know what has happened with the women's division truly. Uh, there was a very, very muddy picture there for a while, but I'm glad she's back. Mark Wilhelm pretending saying that debut on TV as a face and show up like once, disappear for months, then show up as a heel for some reason. Even NXT 2.0 and its horny, crime-riddled insanity has more logical storytelling than this. Uh, the second, that last line is a little bit of a lie. They have a lot of really illogical storytelling, especially if you look in the tag division. But um, excited for her to be back on my screen. It's weird that they rolled out this huge protector persona for her. It just seemed to have completely scrapped that. She only had one match against Natty. And other than that, like these weird run-ins where she was kind of protecting people like the story they told us in those awesome highly produced um kill bill style vignettes so i'm glad she's back on my screen i think she's an awesome wrestler it's just a very disconnected situation and hopefully they fix that yeah i have no faith in that i I look i don't i don't think that they have any idea what to do with xylee i think Shawn michaels and triple h knew that they wanted to do Tian Sha and they had ideas. They pulled their way from that. They did this protector thing. Probably forgot that they went through all of that and now need a heel for Lacey Evans to beat. So they're like, okay, cool. Uh, All-American girl, come on. We need you to, to vanquish this evil. Um, it's It's fine. I'm glad she's on the show. But whatever. It's not not really clicking for me. Well, they haven't given us anything to fully click in, so completely understandable. Mark Losper chiming in saying, given Ricochet's reign, are you suggesting Shanky couldn't beat Ricochet for the IC title? No, I'm not suggesting that. I think they are going to do what Joel Pearl has cursed us with and eventually have Ricochet drop to Madcap. Uh, not Will- anymore. I mean, Madcap's a babyface. I don't know if they're going to have him drop it to Madcap. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, now he could drop it to Happy and then lose it to Madcap. That could that could be the way that goes. That could. 
I, you know what? We're probably making plans that they don't even have. So yeah. <laughs> Moving on to what I think was my favorite segment of SmackDown tonight. Gunther murders a bastard and it's glorious is how Luis has titled this. Um, Gunther and Walter are not totally the same. And I like the presentation of Walter better. However, there's enough here with Gunther that I really do still like. They are still presenting him in a very dominant fashion. I felt like the intro tonight from Ludwig Marcel Bertel is Kaiser. Uh, yeah. Kaiser. I just am always nervous to say it because one of them is a German U boat captain and one of them is not, if I say the wrong last name. Uh, <laughs> I. I, I think there's still a lot in his presentation that's good. It's not as cool as Walter was, but a lot of, he still feels like a huge, huge presence, which is not something that they've accomplished on the main roster in a very, very long time. Um, you could not pay me enough money in the world to take a chop for that man. Like, I am so relieved to see he's being presented as a monster they kind of changed how he was working stylistically for a little bit, but now they seem to have reverted back to the guy um, that he kind of was. And I'm loving this. He eventually wins with a power bomb against some poor, poor jobber. Trey Goods. Okay. He won a 100 man Royal Rumble, according to Pat McAfee. He's the toughest <laughs> man in Albany. Uh, he got murdered and it was, it was really good. And now that I think about it, actually, Gunther should probably just kill Ricochet and take the title from him. And I think that's a good way to go. Oh, yeah. That's actually a really good way to go. I thought LA Knight would have been primed for something like that, but he's now a manager of a modeling agency. So, Which is, you know what? Honestly, they've had worse ideas, and I'm interested to see where that goes if they pull the trigger. But this is a great presentation. I'm all for uh, Ludwig just being the mouthpiece and the, Hey, he's going to kill you because the mat is sacred. It's enough of what Walter is. Yes. So that it's like, you know what? I'm okay with this. He honestly feels like a villain that they're going to have Cody Rhodes ride a bus around America for, but like, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get that deep, but I, I like Gunther a lot. I'm actually impressed with how they're presenting him on SmackDown. Mark lost for chiming in saying Walter remains a great worker that can be easily presented as a top guy. Can't wait for him to job to Roman in 42 seconds. Um, I think he might float around the mid card for a little bit. I don't know if he's going to get fed to Roman and not all of Roman's feuds have been one and done or bad. Seth Rollins was great. Kevin Owens was great. I think Roman versus Walter could, or Gunther could be something that could be really good if it's built out the right way. It's just a matter of, are they going to build it out the right way? But I think initially he's going to kick around in that, that mid card picture for sure. Guys getting your super chats and your humper chats as we're coming down the home stretch here. Don't forget that tower graphs is on fightful select after this. So if you're not subscribed to fightful select, AKA you're not cool and a total dork. Just kidding. I'm kidding. But join us at First Hour Grabs after this for a much, much, much more rageful show than the one that we are giving you over there. And keep- I don't have enough energy in me to be as 
forceful with my raid. It's more just like, ah, next. I know. It's, I was, it's, it doesn't deserve it in some ways. Like, it's just, there's so much apathy with SmackDown for me right now because they're putting on the same show every week. Um, but you know what is good? Sasha Banks and Naomi. Yeah. Um, we did not have a women's match tonight because they were like, you know what? AEW is getting all of Kate's rage. Can't just be her all the time. <laughs> we have to have some here. We did get two women's segments, though, so not the worst. But uh, we do have a super chat from our gloss. We're saying, who's Natty? I only recognize the boat. I see you. I see you Tuesday night visitors. But um, they half acknowledged this thing of the fact that they have no challengers. There's one remaining tag That's amazing of Shayna and the boat, uh, Natty. And um, I appreciate that they were like, well, we broke Rhea and Liv and we won at Mania and we broke up that team too. Um, so they're like, who's even left? And they're literally the only team left. I like that they acknowledge it. I wish it wasn't true. So I sit somewhere in between that. What did you think of this segment and their allusion to that? I thought this was actually really good. I think Naomi and Sasha have great chemistry. I think they come across like stars. When they were saying, oh, there's nobody left. And, you know, we are the women's tag team division. I have expected Bailey. I'm like, okay, cool. We can finally get Bailey back here. And then Natty's music hit. And I was like, I thought you worked Tuesdays, but it's okay because we don't acknowledge NXT and the main roster as the same universe anymore. Why isn't Shayna Baszler a Raw or SmackDown women's champion? Why is she the most legitimate woman on the roster and hasn't even sniffed a world title since losing to a pregnant Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 36. It's wild to me. But other than that, this segment was good. Once this match is over, do they just abolish the tag team division? Like, what do you do with this? There's nothing else to do. I don't know unless they're going to call up a bunch of people from NXT. Like, I sincerely don't know. We've got Ricardo the Bot guy chiming in saying, does anyone trust the Fed with handling Walter? I don't trust the, them handling anybody from NXT because they haven't proven that they can in a really long time. Now, the current system is more aligned with the main roster, which is why I like it less. But, um, you know, outside of a few acts, Braun Breaker, Diamond Mine with Malcolm Bivens, and Carmelo Hayes, like, there's just not a lot that I think is connecting. So I I don't trust the handoff because they haven't given me a reason to. But um, so far, they seem connected to the presentation, at least. So Mark Lossberg answering... I trust them so far. I'll say that. So far, it's so far it's being done properly. They haven't named him Bearcat yet. We're good. They haven't named him. He is not Gunther Bearcat Walter. But we'll get to that point. Mark Lossberg answering the question saying, Ricardo, they named him Gunther. Of course not. Um, you know, they should Google names first. Yeah. So, uh, Aziza chiming in saying, was there even a women's match on SmackDown? No, there nope. wasn't. No, there wasn't. And next week's are two beat the clock challenges. So that's a load of crap, too. Uh, hey, but we got two weddings this week on the Red Show. So Robert, wrestling weddings good. are like my favorite thing in the world. And they managed to screw that up, too. 
Yeah. <sighs> Only Tazawa was great in that, but he was really great in that. <laughs> so we get this Corbin and Moss segment, and then we get Moss versus Angel Garza. Ricardo Alidolo chiming in saying they took Angel and Humberto's last name. Can we be shocked at this point? They said that's sad. I agree. Yeah, I, agree. I think I think maybe they think it's a bit much. I think you can't just have a wrestler named Angel, but over on Tuesday nights, they have a wrestler named Drake. And it's nothing like the Drake you're thinking of. <laughs> so that is true. Whatever. That is true. I know one thing that they like is chantability. And Umberto Carrillo, it, Carrillo is not an easy one to chant. Angel Garza but that's, is. But that's like saying, you know, okay, so we're going to take away his last name because then they won't chant it. If they didn't want to chant it and they just wanted to chant the first name, they're just going to chant the first name. That's dumb. Yeah. And people have last names. Like, it's just stupid. <sighs> Mark Paul saying NXT is just fun to riff at. <laughs> um, it is. It is when Alex and I just choose to do a weird variety show instead of a review show. That's basically Amazing. what we've gotten to now. Um, segment was kind of what we expected, I think. I thought the match was pretty good. Um, Angel Garza, I think, is, is great. I think he's a lot of fun. Um, but the, the biggest thing is that Corbin beats down uh, Riddick Moss after this. I'm sorry, Madcap Moss. And um, <laughs> I think that's like the moment that we were waiting for. He also walks out with his Andre the Giant Battle Royal uh, enormous butterscotch-looking trophy and carries it over one shoulder, which I thought was actually kind of a fun touch because he had won that trophy before. Refreshing to see them acknowledging. Um, well, like, he's the only one left in the company that won the tournament. So, of course, they... They have to at this point. I mean, Good who's left? Call. Good call. What did you think of the match in the post match here? I think Mod Madcap Moss is fine. It's wild to me that in 2022, there's a guy whose finisher is just a neck breaker. Like, we yeah. regularly see people kick out of Canadian destroyers on aprons, and this dude just hits a neck breaker, and we're just like, all right, cool, it's over. Uh, the beatdown is fine. They're going to fight over the Andre, which I guess means the Andre is more relevant this year than it has been in any other year because it usually just disappears after Mania. I, whatever, Madcap also said, haha, Baron, you're bald. So, fine. Large miss for me, but I do think both Corbin and Madcap have enough upside that I want to see where this goes. In ring wise, I think great. You gotta stop sending him out there looking like Barney Rubble with this terrible gimmick. I cannot stand it. It's terrible. We also got a Raquel video package, which was weird to be honest. I don't think it told us very much about her, and it doesn't feel like the Raquel that I grew to know yeah, at all. And yeah, well, that's okay. You know, that's gonna happen because her name's Rodriguez now. Because that's a major change, and now we own it. Because it's not Gonzalez, but we own that too. I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. But weird. it's it is what it is. It was weird for a non-existent 
women's tag division, her and Kaylee Ray not going and just stomping out a bunch of people is a weird one to me. Um, we did switch into something that was great, though, which was Riddle versus Jay Uso. This, I thought, was a phenomenal match between the ropes. I am getting a little tired of this trope of having tag teams have individual wrestlers that face each other, especially when we get multiple versions of that in one night. But holy crap, this match was great. And if Sean were here, he would say it. Um, and I would have to agree with him. This was absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think if there were like any specific spots to call out, but I stopped taking notes on them because I was just like, I'll be writing notes the whole time. I thought, <laughs> I thought this was such a great match. Riddle, because of his background, makes everything look extremely real. Um, and Jey Uso is just such like a solid hand. I feel like this was just a, a fantastic from from bell to bell. I'm ready for the tag match. I'm ready to move on from whatever this is going to be. But like. If you're going to do it, do it right. And they did it right, Robert. Yeah, this was phenomenal. My guess is, because I'm always just thinking, all right, what's the swerve? That they're going to have Randy take the fall at the pay-per-view, and then it's going to be Randy gets upset because Riddle can beat them and he can't. I don't yes. know. This match was so much fun. Riddle, he hit this like running, almost like a Daniel Bryan knee. Um, J, uh, main event Jay Uso catching with a super kick does go for the splash. I expected a splash into an RKO like Evan Bourne style. I didn't get that. I was a little disappointed, but maybe at the tag match itself, that might yeah, be the He's so good that everything he does just works. You can't have a bad match with a Samoan, period. <laughs> like, they're it's, impossible. it's built into their DNA to be amazing in the ring. And this was easily the best match of the night, like by a mile. There was uh, a great pop-up neckbreaker that Jay put on that our moderator, Luis, wanted to call out, which was fantastic. I do remember that being in there. Um, there was kind of the finish was like a nice exchange of running knees. This had just had a really nice rhythm to it, really nice back and forth. The chemistry was there the whole time. My only complaint is story based, but the the match itself was easily match of the night. It was so much fun. Uh, and then we switched back into the Lazy Evans face story reboot. This has been a little polarizing. I think part three was good because we got to the payoff of her becoming the woman that she was where the past two weeks were just like, holy crap, this woman's been through a lot. And I'm very sad. We did get a nice like upswing about how this formed her to be who she is. Robert Lyle saying that Lacey Evans story is good, but the presentation is cringe. Why not tell it on a Peacock documentary would seem less forced. I don't really have a problem because with that. They don't acknowledge those as canon. Exactly. Yeah. That's a big part of it. And I think you can't assume that your audience is going to sit down to watch a full documentary. I feel like it being three parts was a little much. I feel like her wearing the same outfit was a little much. Um, but overall, like, it's nice to have something sincere coming from her. And this roster needs babyface women right now. I don't know if she can work. I had no idea she had an amateur background at all until this segment. So I learned something new. Um, but they need faces right now. And this is seemed sincere as last week was just like whoa this is sad this time we got a little bit more of a payoff what did you think of this 
this is good. I think you should always be trying to let your performers be themselves, especially when they have apparently a very, you know, deep traumatic backstory that can actually make them a baby face when you're trying to make them, you know, the heel classy lady. And I think um, Lacey Evans is probably going to end up beating Charlotte Flair at some point around the 4th of July. You know, when I, I think very big 4th of July vibes from Lacey Evans. And I think it'll be a, a great moment for her. That is a good call. I didn't think that. You think it'll be for the title at that point? I think it should be. On a, it really depends on what they're doing with Ronda. And they haven't said a word about unifying the women's titles, which is probably where they need to because that's where their depth is lacking the most. So I, I guess it all depends on where we go. I agree. I think there's a huge opportunity to have Bianca versus Ronda and Becky cost Ronda and then Bianca is your unified women's champion and then you can reignite the Ronda and Becky story so I agree with you there guys please send in your super chats and your humper chats we are down the home stretch main event time for Smackdown <laughs> Mark Wasper saying Samoans can't have a bad match Nia Jax that's a fair counterpoint yeah. There is the exception to every rule. (laughs) Nia Jax is it for the women. Manu is it for the men. Other than that, you're not going to find a bad one. So, we had a fun segment earlier in the night uh, with RK Bro and Drew. I liked this. Again, acknowledging history. Drew and Randy buried the hatchet. They were moving on. And a suspicious and hidden Sami Zayn comes out. Uh, which we would see play into things later tonight because RK Bro said, we're going to have your back out there as Lumberjacks. Uh, And Sammy goes to speak to Roman before the match. And I just love everything Sammy Zayn does. He says, I acknowledge you as, I acknowledge you. I acknowledge you so much. I acknowledge you as my tribal chief. You're the tribaliest. I acknowledge you so hard. Um, and then he kind of explains his situation. And I thought Roman was really great in this too. He um, was taken aback when Sammy said that people were talking crap about him in the locker room. Um, this was after Jay Uso lost. I don't even think we mentioned that Jay Uso lost. Too. Yeah, he got rolled up, you know. He got rolled up uh, to Matt Riddle. So that's how good that match was. I like forgot about the finish. Um but the Usos had not, have now lost twice and they're not getting the job done. And Sammy says, hey, you know, they could like come help me out in this main event lumberjack situation that I'm having. And here's the thing, Robert. I hate lumberjack matches. It's my least favorite stipulation in the whole wide world. But I was like, at least this one kind of makes sense because there's people on both sides that are going to be trying to throw these guys back in the ring. Um, and because the story has been built around Sammy running away, it would make sense that they're trying to throw him back in the ring. Um, and then they managed to make none of that work. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. what did you think of those backstage segments? What did you think of Sammy and Roman especially? The Sammy and Roman thing was the best thing I saw on TV all night. Sammy made it work. It made it seem like these characters can actually interact with each other outside of a specific storyline. Roman is the godfather of the locker room. Sami Zayn is such a conniving little shit who's just like, 
I, I acknowledge you and you're so great, but now I need you to acknowledge me. And Roman gave him a death look and he said, just, just because I acknowledge you, please notice me. And it, it worked. And then they went out there and had Sami Zayn run away in a lumberjack match, effectively killing the stipulation, which will lead to a cage match next week, which I'm sure they'll find a way to kill the stipulation in as well. A couple things with this. Um, why? Well, a couple things. It's time for them to call up Solo Sokoa from NXT, in my opinion. Yeah. He is ready. He is ready in ring wise. He's ready character wise. With the Usos losing, I think there's a really big opportunity to make another star in the bloodline with Solo Sokoa. Um, we're going to talk about Shinsuke Nakamura getting screwed once again. Yeah. Why would you not just have a steel cage match to start with, Robert, if this was the move? Because, now, I've heard this. Like, for some reason, they think this is the natural progression of things, to do Lumberjack, then do cage. I think they had said that that was the idea prior to the first ever Hell in a Cell with Sean and Taker. It's a very weird thing to say, let's have a wall of men, and then let's put them in an impenetrable structure, which will not be impenetrable, I'm sure. You know, eh, very, very strange. Fun program for Sammy before he inevitably gets buried again down the card somewhere. But yeah, I would also like to talk about why is Shinsuke Nakamura like dancing to the ring with the New Day when the last time we saw you, you were getting, you know, your butt whooped by the bloodline. And again, what do you do? I they've already decided we're moving on from Jinsuke, and that's that. Uh, and that's not the only time that's happened to Shinsuke, and that sucks. We also saw this happen with Finn Balor with John Cena just taking his contract uh last summer, just breaking rules all over the place. Kind of a disappointing main event because I was looking forward to what they were going to say, um, or what match they were going to have. So just kind of a bummer of a way to end the night on what I felt was like a little bit more of an upswing of a SmackDown. But Robert, that closes out our night, buddy. It does, you know, and I know that wasn't the end of WWE filming. They also taped for next week, but you should stay tuned to Fightful and Fightful Select for more on that. Um, yeah, you should. Pretty, pretty bummer night on the WWE side of things. Rampage was fine, but even that was sort of like the middle of the road for that show not a bad night though and i got to spend it with you and all you beautiful people so it's all good can't ask for more than that thank you so much for filling in for sean who fears me i appreciate you i understand why (laughs) very intimidating very intimidating thank you to everybody who joined us head over to sour graps if you guys are fightful select subscribers if you're not what are you doing we thank NordVPN for their huge investment in us. Please, if you're not even using the VPN, tweet at them and let them know that you found out about them through us. We appreciate it so much. Uh, we look so forward to seeing you on Sour Graps. Tune into Grap City tomorrow as well. Lots of fun stuff going on this weekend. And we'll see you on Monday. We're out. Yes.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.